0: What's up and welcome to episode number 18 of the Better With Brock podcast. I'm here with Hayley Jensen, uh, the New Zealand cricketer. And uh, we've been, I guess, messaging a little bit on Instagram. Um, You know, you've um, joined Built by Brock, which is really cool. And I've been, um, you know, following you through the World Cup and I guess checking up on you and seeing how you're doing. Um, But I'd love you to, because so most of my following or people that will listen to this are actually based in America Um, and then it's Australia and then it's New Zealand. Can you give us a bit of a intro on what you're, who you are how you come to play cricket for New Zealand?
1: Okay cool Um, thanks for having me on first of all Um, so I grew up in Christchurch New Zealand. Um, I've got an older brother so he used to play cricket Um, and I just used to go around to his matches and then one day I just decided that I was going to join in. Um, and basically cricket's a game with a bat and a ball for all these people who are in America who may not know it. Um, uh, it's a little bit like baseball, I guess. You have a bowler, which is the pitcher, um, and they bowl the ball down, you, you hit it, and to score runs, you run end to end rather than around the bases. Um, and that's how you score runs. Aim of the game is to score more runs than the other team. Um, and it's the same with outs, I guess, strikes. Um, if you get bowled out, then you're you're out of the game, so you yeah. lost. So it's a little bit like that. Um, anyway, so I started playing cricket when I was eight years old. Um, and then when I was 10, I'd made my first, like, training, winter training, one-on-one coaching. My mum put me through it. So um, I was very cricket orientated from a very young age and have been doing it since well now so I'm 29 now um so it's a very long time well um and <laughs> uh so yeah I played um for Canterbury all through my age group um going up to under 21s um and then when I was I think I was 22 or 23 I made New Zealand for the first time um in 2014. Went away to a World Cup in Bangladesh, which was a real eye-opener. <laughs> I've never seen, like, had uh, played for New Zealand for that full year and then got injured, so I tore my oblique, which meant I couldn't bowl or throw the ball, which meant I couldn't get selected for the next year. So um, I took a little break. and moved over to Australia, where my mum moved over to Melbourne. Um, I took a gap year and worked in the school for a little bit, um, and then I moved back to New Zealand and made the New Zealand A team, um, but that unfortunately got cancelled because of the earthquakes in Christchurch.
0: No way. So
1: <clears throat> um, yeah, so that happened, and then um, a couple of years after that, made the I made the back to um, Melbourne, and I ended up. Um, making the victorian team there and that was the first year of the big bash that came in and so i played in the women's big bash and played for victoria in 2015 and then um, ended up moving to canberra for a little bit and playing over there and then through playing big bash over here i guess i got called up by new zealand and they wanted me to play back in new zealand again so i kind of had to make a decision whether i wanted to stay in Australia and play for an Australian competition as a local Australian player, or throw that out the window and play as a New Zealand international player. So it was a little bit of, as a kind of a big decision because um, there was like a big pay discrepancy, I guess. So I was getting a lot more money playing in Australia because it's obviously well supported over here. Um, and New Zealand's quite a small country, so their funding, they don't get enough, as much funding, but New Zealand um, and talked to family and friends and made a decision that I was going to go over to New Zealand and play again. So I've been in the team um, since 2018, and here I am now. But now I'm in Canberra playing for New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, I just travel back and forth when I need to go to training camps and things like that.
0: So, so what was the main deciding factor with you deciding to play for New Zealand? Like, was it a gut feeling? Did you know that deep down you wanted to represent your country? What was the deciding factor?
1: <laughs> uh, I think the main reason was, it was always my dream to play for New Zealand. So ever since I was that little eight year old who started playing cricket, it was always my dream to play for New Zealand. So my mum just kept reminding me of that. And then probably the second major factor was um, cricket is not a lifelong career; you can only play it for a short amount of time. And do I want to spend that time playing in one country, or do I want to spend my time exploring other countries around the world? So um, that was kind of my second biggest factor, deciding factor.
0: Yeah, and 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 coming back to that, like obviously, sport players do have that window um of opportunity to really smash it have you thought about what life would be like after cricket it's Um, like
1: yeah like obviously you're not
0: thinking about it now but (laughs) i'm a very forward thinker like with everything that i do so if i was playing sport i would you know just always keep it in the back of my mind
1: have you have you thought about it yep so we get told to think about it quite a lot through our new zealand players association so we don't just life is not just cricket. Um, so we have to think onwards, what kind of courses and stuff we want to do, but I want to get into the real estate industry. So my sister actually is in the real estate industry at the moment. So when I was up in the sunny coast with her, I kind of spent a few times at, at work and I really liked um, what she kind of does. So um, I want to get into real estate, do a few courses in that and then, um, yeah, move on from cricket
0: (laughs) yeah it's but it's such a like obviously you want to put all your focus into here but it's just yeah a lot of sport players do it like a lot of the for example the nrl players go on and they like do commentary or they do shows and and stuff but then some of them are just like that's it and then there's no real plan and then you know they might spend all their money and then they're kind of just left like they didn't even almost have that career like that that is quite lucrative you know they can make a lot um, you talked about an injury. How did you injure yourself with uh, with your oblique? Was it from bowling? Because you're like from stretched out. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was basically like when I like crunched over, I just felt like this almost like a pop in my oblique, and so like breathing, like coughing, laughing, like oh. like that. Just I couldn't, and so oh, it was terrible actually.
0: And what was the rehab like for that? Like, how long were you out for? And what did you have to do, like, session-wise? Like, were you in the gym? Were you at the physio?
1: Yeah, I think I was out for about 12 weeks and just did a lot of physio. It was so long ago now for that injury. I've had so many injuries. But um, (laughs) physio, Um, a lot of, like, when I was up to doing it, like, side planking, but, like, starting on my knees, then like working way up Um, but yeah a lot of core work I haven't had that injury again thank goodness so all the rehab must have helped (laughs)
0: yeah and what other injuries have you have you had to overcome
1: um so I've torn my hamstring before um I used to get a lot of um knee issues like I used to sublux my kneecap a lot so all my ligaments in my knee got stretched out um, Broken like fingers, dislocated thumbs from like catching the ball. You can see my pinky is a bit weird compared to that one. Right. It's A bit off. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of cricketers. If you haven't broken a finger, then I, I can guarantee you're not a true cricketer.
0: You haven't played cricket.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, what else have I done? I've had like a stress fracture in my shin um slip discs in my back like cricket is like especially bowling is such an abnormal thing to do for your body and you put so much stress on it so yeah if if you hadn't had any sort of injury if you're a bowler then
0: you know bowling yourself lucky (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah i think that's the i think that's the danger with well not danger but like that's the price you kind of that's the price you have to pay when you're like playing sport. You got to put your body on the line, like, and especially with like bowling. You're it's, it's such an imbalance. Like you're doing one side over and over and over and over again, and then if you're batting, same side over and over and over and over. It, it, do you do any like work for the opposite side, like in the gym, just out of curiosity? Because obviously, if you're throwing with one arm. Like you can get overuse injuries and stuff like that. That's just the nature of the game. But do you do any work to try and combat that?
1: Um, We do a lot of like pre-exercises beforehand. So, you know, a lot of band work for shoulders um, and things like that. But we do them both sides. We definitely do them both sides. Um, And a lot of single leg work. um, So we can stop an imbalance on um, both sides as well. So... We definitely do a lot of like single arm, single leg um, stuff, just so we're not trying. Like, if we're doing a bench press, for example, we're not using like predominantly like our stronger arm to. The bowling. So we arm. do a lot of, yeah. So we do a lot of like single arm dumbbell press. Um, yeah.
0: So what does, out of curiosity, what does your gym training look like? Like, how often are you training? Um, I know it'll be different if you're, I guess, you know, gearing up for the Commonwealth Games and you're at training camp or if you're, you know, in cruise mode, like off-season, but, like, when you're training and you're trying to get game ready, what does your training look like?
1: Yeah, so training, um, so getting into a game game mode type thing, we'd probably go in the gym around three, four times per week. Um, and that pr- if we were on tour, it would be pretty low rep stuff like heavy low rep. Um, right now it's like 15, 12, 8 reps just to get our strength back up because we are on a leave period. Mm. Um, so three to four times per week in the gym. And then we'd have four conditioning sessions, whether it's running or then or a bike, probably three sessions a week and then a bike, so like an off feet conditioning session and then we'd have depending if we're on tour or not we'd probably have training every single day with the game
0: yeah Yeah, okay so so it's pretty full on yeah so what other guidelines do they have in place for you like obviously you're representing your country it's a it's a huge deal like with nutrition or with sleep advice or lifestyle advice are they are they talking about like how many steps you should be doing or how many hours you should be getting, giving you like bedtime routines? Like how how detailed do they get?
1: So we have a nutritionist, um, and so that's when we get like all of our skin folds done, um, which is the worst. <laughs> 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 we get skin folds done. Um, he basically gives us, like, depending on how we went with our skin folds if we just crept up a little bit. Yeah, which I'm sure just, happens just, in the off season. Like, what we're eating type thing. Yeah, Yeah, definitely, <laughs> or on tour sometimes. Um, yeah, so he'll give us like guidelines, basically use my fitness MyFitnessPal, what you use as well. Um, mm. And so we can start tracking again, get back on track. Um, obviously with supplements and things like that, because we are an international sport, we have to, get all of our supplements and things batch tested. So we can't just go out and buy our protein or anything from the shop. We have to get them from New Zealand cricket. So Mm. um, that's how we do our supplements. With sleep, um, we don't really get any advice on sleep. I mean, I'm a very good sleeper, so um, I definitely don't get a lack of sleep. Um, And then in regards to lifestyle and like, balance life and cricket, that's mainly with our players' association. So we have people who work, um, like, pretty much 24-7 for us if we have any um, questions that we need around, like if we're too afraid to ask for some time off or we need a break, um, we go through our players' association and they can kind of forward it on to coaches. Um, And then they're the ones who help us with, like, Other courses, careers. Um, They can even like write your resume for you, like if you're applying for jobs.
0: Um, I've been making most of that.
1: They're basically our life coach. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: basically our life coach, and then um, yeah, we've got a nutritionist, SNC, and other coaches as well. So,
0: so what sort of, and this is just purely just out of my selfish curiosity, what sort of nutrition like do they put you on, and how does it differ, like off season, on season? Or after the game, do you have, like, post-workout things that you need to have or pre – pre not – it's not really pre-workout if you're going into a game, but, like, I guess pre-match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I suppose, like, cricket's so long, if you had a pre-workout, you'd, like – you'd be up for, like, an hour, then you'd be, uh, like, asleep out on like, the like, field.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so pre-tour, here yeah, um, our nutritionists will give us, like, a big rundown of – So after any of our training sessions or games, he likes us to have protein, help with recovery. Um, And then when we're on tour, all of our um, lunches, all of our dinners, after games or after training that are provided for us. So he runs through um, basically um, with the caterers and things what we should be eating. So we don't get a choice in that, he just, like provides it for us. So I guess during game days, it's more like high carb stuff. So we have enough energy and then rest days, it's probably not as much needed.
0: And how do you like keep your energy high for, for, for a match? Because, you know, like obviously there's, you know, matches that will be short, like shorter overs. And then there's like huge entire days or weekends of cricket. How do you, how do you keep your energy that high?
1: Um, or manage your energy levels? Yeah, so during games, like we always have an electrolyte um, bottle and then we have our water and then because we have like drinks breaks and stuff if it's a 50 over match. So during those drinks breaks, you can have like an energy gel um, I like those because they it, taste it, nice. It is,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, i had I ran like a half marathon once. And I was like, this is delicious. <laughs> I was like, stacking yeah. up. <laughs> this is, stuff yeah. in my pockets. So
1: I, I, like, I like those. Um, and then we also have like snacks, like bananas. Usually like sometimes there's lollies if we get them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and then we have lunch anyway. So we've got a full lunch um, menu to choose from. But I guess most of the girls like depending on if they're batters or bowlers, they don't like having a a big lunch depending on if we batted first or bowled first. So um, mainly it's just after after the game, we just, yeah, some people don't eat much lunch because, you know, like running around... Um, to get a meal after the game for us and then we go back to the hotel and we order some more
0: food <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> just so we
1: recover the next day that that's our point <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah so I used to be a back in the day I posted this on Instagram the other day actually I was a water boy uh well not well sorry I, I shouldn't say water boy I was a ball boy at at AMI Stadium uh, mm-hmm. after it was called Jade Stadium for the All Blacks and for any game that was at AMI Stadium so the first year I was younger, I was the only one that was 11 and everyone was 12. And then the next year I was like head ball boy. So, <laughs> so I was like the big dog, I was the boss. And um,
1: mm-hmm. I was,
0: yeah, when I was 12. But we did all the matches at AMI Stadium. So the Canterbury Crusaders, whoever they versed, the Canterbury NPC. I'm not, is it still called MPC or ITM Cup? ITM Cup,
1: I think it yeah. is now
0: yeah yeah so i so, so we did all those matches and then we did the all blacks and we did like the lions tour when they came and like when they played South africa and all this kind of stuff so it was like an awesome opportunity for a young up-and-coming rugby player which i was um but after the match i used to hang around the changing rooms like a fly like a peasant just, just like waiting to get their to get their their autograph and their signature <laughs> because i used to like buy the thing and and get their autographs, or if they lost the finals, they would like give me their socks or their shorts. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Mom, Dad, look at this. Um, and then and they're like, Oh, stinky, yeah, they're like, Chuck <laughs> that straight in the wash. Um, but the food that they would have was huge, like in the changing rooms, like to refuel and recover, right? And like, even though the, it wasn't back to back or as long as a cricket match, like that have snakes, that have sushi, that have pizza, that have, like, burgers, that have, like, um, club sandwiches and sushi rolls and all that kind of stuff. But the table was, like, huge. It was, like, 10 meters long of just food, and they were just all, like, stuffing themselves after the match. Like, the, the amount of food that especially athletes can, like, put in is, like, huge. And the amount of, like, like, because you're, like, sweating and you're warming up and you're training so much, like, you do need that nutrition. I think that's one thing that I like about sport and like performance based goals over just trying to look good because at least, you know, when you're playing sport, you're really fueling to, to perform well and to make sure you do what you need to do. But often when people are just focusing on what they look like, it's like they won't eat enough and they'll try and see how much they can eat under what they need to, because they think it's better. But with sport and performance, it's about, how you actually perform and what your body can actually do have you ever been through a period of your life where you're focused on like body transformation like maybe i guess on the back of what you said it's from the um skin fold test where (laughs) where they're like hey your body fat's a bit too high
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you need a shred (laughs) no but definitely like you you go through spaces all the time especially being on like on TV, you're getting pictures taken of you and you go, well, depending on who you are, I know definitely for me, like I've had like body image issues and stuff before. So, and I've been through that period where I'm like, right, I'm going to go on this like massive diet. I'm going to like have like 1200 calories per day. Meanwhile, like I'm a professional cricketer and I'm wondering why I'm not getting the results that I want. Like, yeah, I, I look like a lot fitter and a lot skinnier, but I've got no energy. Like, my fitness is going down. I'm getting weaker. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? But now, like, since I've been through that, I'm like, right, actually, I've had it like drilled into my brain <laughs> that I actually need to eat to get energy to produce results. So, um, yeah, it's something like especially sports people, you know, like when you look around at other players or other people and like they have a different body image to you, you might be like, Oh, I, I want to look like that, but they might not be like as strong as you or as fit as you, um, type thing. So it's definitely like a big thing, especially in women's sport. I'm not sure if it is in men's sport because I can't say for them, but definitely in women's sport, like body image and body issues is like a big thing and um, I definitely think that needs to be talked about a lot in women's sport but, yeah but yeah to answer the question definitely being there like on the chubby side see myself and been like no I need to shred um and look a bit better but obviously that didn't in terms of like my fitness and um my strength I might have felt a little bit better because of the way i looked but i didn't feel better in the way that i was performing so um need to find a little balance of that
0: yeah i think that's the, i think that's the downside of social media as well where you know you'll just look at this person who is lean that isn't a professional athlete that is getting paid to be shredded and look good like a fitness model that is sponsored by a supplement company that need their abs to take photos with their supplement tub in front of them like people can look at them and go I want to be like them but that's how they get paid that's how they that's what they have to do in order to like put food on the table but then I think it's it's quite stupid when people look at them and they're like oh I want to be like that but it's like that's not how you get paid (laughs) like like that's not like you don't need to be that lean it it doesn't make sense for you like it's like you work a nine to five corporate job, you don't need to have a six pack, you know, year round. And you can do that if you want. But I think, yeah, it's super important to look at what your body does, especially when, you know, if we come back to to women's sport and, and, and even mums um, and ladies, you know, they're looking at people that might be, you know, 10, 15 years younger. And they've just, you know, popped out a couple of kids and they're comparing themselves to this 18 year old. And it's like that, you know, that, that's not how it works, you know? Sure, like, you know, you can look amazing after kids, there's no obstacle to that, but you don't have to look like that, you know? It's like what, you know, your body's just produced two amazing children, you know, you're, you're now structurally different and you need to like embrace and, and be more about what your body can do as opposed to just like looking a certain way, especially when it doesn't serve you. Like a lot of people deprive themselves of the foods that they like or of a lifestyle that they wanna live just to look like this person that no one is actually expecting them to look like but themselves.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, think, I, work yeah. In a, I work in a woman's gym at the moment, just some casual work in a woman's gym. And even the women that come in there, they could be like mothers of four kids or like 70 year old women. And they come in and they're like, How do, how do you look? myself and I'm like I'm actually a professional sports person like I've been doing this for so long you can't just like come in the gym and like expect something to happen <laughs> like I've put in so much work over like 20 20 years so um I'm like don't compare yourself to me because it's my job to be fit like and play yeah. the
0: game yeah, 100 percent, and you know I also get the same thing. I'm, I'm not a professional sports player, you know I haven't represented my country. <laughs> but um, you know I trained I've trained since I was 14. I grew up playing rugby. Uh, I played sports since I was six. you know I played I played one game of, one game of cricket, and I absolutely sucked. <laughs> it, was, it was the worst. I was the, the worst <laughs> cricketer too. <you. laughs> I got nine runs. I faced about four balls. I got nine runs and I was done. <laughs> then I got bold
1: well, at least you got nine runs at a good strike rate, so
0: <laughs> yeah <I guess> so. <laughs> out with the bang,, yeah. um, but yeah, I've been doing sport like since I was six, I've been training seriously since I was fourteen, like literally five to seven days a week for what is that now fourteen years, and people are like, "Oh, I wanna look like you, like what do I do?" <laughs> I'm like
1: it's like we'll backtrack 14
0: years <laughs> exactly i'm like well you know like we can make some great progress in eight weeks or we can make some solid progress in a year but to just expect a program and a diet and a supplement protocol just to look like someone who's trained for 14 years is just like crazy but then again like that's just for for people what they look like but then they like if you say oh you know i want to be as good as Haley's cricket people kind of understand oh she's been playing for ages that takes time. But for some reason, when it's about how you look, people think it just happens overnight. Yeah. Like with a sport, people are like, Oh, that's a skill. That's you know, that's that has to be trained. Or they look at a golf swing and they try like when you first try swing a golf swing, it just it looks horrendous. And then, you know, it takes years to get better and better. People understand that, but in terms of like, Oh, I want a six pack and I want, you know.
1: I want to step into a gym then a six-pack
0: pair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just doesn't work like that. But for some reason, people just, you know, they think that it's just handed to them. So, so how do you set your goals um, with with training? Like, obviously, you have to have your team goals, but you must have individual goals as well. Maybe there's a record or an, a certain stat that you want to hit, or a certain ratio that you want to hold yourself to. Like, what's your goal setting? process as a team but also as an individual?
1: Yeah. So before each tour, we'll go through like our campaign plan. That's what's called. Um so Sounds what very we official. want to achieve out of the tour um and how we want to play like our style of game. Um you can set goals and like targets during a game but like so many variables can happen during a game. So we don't really set like goals or things during a game but like we have like certain targets of how we want to play like how many runs we want to score but because each pitch is different we're not like we don't use like a 20 kilo barbell that you can buy like anywhere or you, you can find at any gym around the world so each pitch is totally different so you have to be so adaptable so we have like kind of guidelines of how we want to play our game but then also we know that, like you have to assess it when you're on the field um and then like personal goals um they're mainly just around like performance but at the same time like you could be feeling so good and then like you could just nick out and get out first ball play like, it's so hard to um <laughs> do like performance based goals in cricket because like a lot of the game is about luck, like you could hit the ball in the air and get dropped, but you actually gave away a chance. So it's like, do I, do I think that's good that I made like this many runs, but I actually got like dropped or like, um, and then the next day you could get his ball court, but yeah. the day before that you got dropped. So I think goals for me, are more around like how I'm feeling, so if I go through like my processes each training so I have like this little routine that I do like before the ball's bowled like how I can react like after the ball's bowled like if I played a good shot um you kind of like tell yourself um you're like kind of coaching yourself as you're playing um so if I'm in a good mindset then that's a good thing for me if I'm not thinking too much then it's probably the best for me um but yeah if I'm overthinking things um that's when I know that I'm in probably a bad space so
0: So how do you go sitting yeah how do you try and control your mindset because yeah like you said you have to coach yourself like I do something every morning where I I literally talk out loud to myself which seems a bit bonkers um Mm -hmm. but I've done it every day for for a pretty long time And I'm a big fan of that. And I guess that is coaching myself every morning to try and have the best day possible. How do you, yeah, how do you coach yourself? Do you, like, talk to yourself out loud or or do you just talk Um, in your head? Probably
1: not out loud. Yeah, (laughs) talk in my head a bit. Um, And also, like, if I'm struggling, because especially when you're batting, you have another person down the other end that you can talk to. You just have to be like, can you just tell me to calm down or, like, we're just going to talk to take up some time so I can just like gather myself before I go and face the next ball. Like you've got little tips that you can like go up and like just rely on your other person. And then obviously when you're fielding, bowling, you've got 11 other people that you can talk to and slow the game down. Like, hey, please come over here and talk to me. Just tell me what I need to do. <laughs> like, cause I'm a bit muddled at the moment. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think that's the benefit of team sport as well. You get to lean on people. Uh, I've started I've started jujitsu recently, and it's it's not really a team sport because it's just about you and what you're doing. But it kind of has that that same feel. Like if there's a class and we're rolling, and like which is if you don't know jujitsu, like if you're rolling with someone, you're kind of like sparring them or fighting them. Like if you're just getting absolutely smashed. <laughs> Like, like i do often because i'm a white belt so I'm, I'm getting absolutely hammered i've only done it for about six months um but they'll actually like help you and they'll say look this is how i submitted you i went like this i went like that like you're doing good like like there's such a good atmosphere and even though it's a solo sport like you're out there it, you know it's not two on one or two on two or anything it's just you like it's super helpful like the, the higher belts will say oh look I got your foot because, you know, you put it here and there and there and it kind of makes you feel better. But it's such a challenge for your ego as well, because like even though I'm strong, I've trained for 14 years. Like they're like, yeah, man, you're really strong. You'll do good. But I still get smashed every time <laughs> because it literally doesn't mean anything. Like if you have no technique, which I'm still trying to learn, um, yeah. like I can push people off me probably more than other people. But I, I, I still get caught just as much. So I like I struggle sometimes. I get there, I'm just like, oh man, here's another session where I'm just gonna get tapped and you know, I'm gonna get arm barred, I'm gonna be in a triangle and <laughs> tapping and choking and all this. But like I, I kind of lean on the higher belts sometimes and just say like, you know, like how can I get better or like mate, I'm frustrated, like I don't really want to be here. And they're like, mate, there's three more years of this. <laughs> like they're like they're like, I've been doing it for five years and I still don't know what I'm doing. And you're like, yeah. oh, that kind of makes me feel a bit better. Like, even though I feel like, I, you know, it, it's a struggle. Like, like, there's a saying that a black belt is just a white belt who never quit. Like, it's just showing up and doing the same thing over and over and over again. I know that's not really like coaching yourself, but having that team or that people or support network around you really, really helps, like, to build you up. Um, I've, I've got another question.
1: Definitely. Oh, sorry, that's what a team is for, isn't it?
0: yeah yeah exactly like, that's
1: what the team is for isn't it helping each other
0: yeah exactly exactly um i got one more question that i wanted to um get out before i wrapped up with the last kind of three questions around self-development but i guess you know i was talking to you like how do i word this without s- s- screwing it up so I, I said so i had to write it down and i guess i'll let you talk about it more i just i guess i just want to answer the question but i have a lot of Clients and even, and even audience uh, followers or, you know, I don't really like that word, but people that, that are around me or that I influence. <laughs> yeah, I also don't like that word either. Um, but that, you know, that are gay, um, especially a lot of one-on-one clients, even when I was face-to-face personal training and they've talked about their journey to me, um, what it was like growing up. So the question that I wrote was, how was it like discovering your sexual orientation growing up? And then I guess on the back of that, navigating that through women's sport.
1: Yeah, I guess um, I was pretty lucky. I had like really supportive parents. I have a really supportive family who are completely fine with me um, being gay. Um, and then through that, I guess a lot of cricketers, um, they at least know someone who is gay in a team or or, at a sport environment, so um, mm. it's very common in cricket, especially, um, to actually know somebody who is gay. So um, it wasn't too difficult for me in sport. Um, we actually have like a married couple who's in our New Zealand team who they're gay. They have a baby. Everyone loves her. Um, <laughs> we the, she's got a million aunties all around the world. <laughs> This little girl <laughs> um, yeah but it's it's a common thing that nowadays like it's so well known um, and accepted around
0: the world i guess mm. and do you think that would have been the case if it was like way back like do you think it's it's growing in I guess people being you know maybe comfortable to express themselves or communicate that like do you think it would have been the case like maybe 50 years ago or even like i don't know 100 years ago or 20 years ago even like do you think the landscape is changing that way
1: definitely like it's changing a lot it's becoming a lot more accepted um i think it's all through social media because if you think of like 50 years ago you wouldn't have had like facebook like a phone and a newspaper um so when you've got all the social media platform that people are expressing themselves you know you have a lot of famous people coming out like over social media people think oh well it's actually okay now this person is lesbian or this person is trans or this person is gay and because of their profile that they're expressing through the world to social media, people were becoming more accepting of that. And the fact, like, the fact of the matter is, like, it's that person's life. If I said that I was straight and I could just be myself, like, more accepted if I was, like, I was gay, like, I'd be exactly the same person. So sometimes I don't, like, understand. I guess there is, like, religious, um, like, things that come into it but at the same time with people who don't have like, religious issues and things like that, I'm kind of like, I'm the same person whether I'm straight or gay. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, think, I think at the end of the day, it's just about being the person that you are. And you know, regardless of your, your religion or your outlook, I think it's up to the individual to make their own life choices and you can't do you can't do anything about that you know whether you get infuriated or whether you're super pro it and you're like that's awesome like i think regardless of what you say or do people are going to do what they want anyway so in my opinion it's like you know there's no point in in combating that you know unless you're like you know a super religious person that's going to stand out you know outside of westfield with a microphone and (laughs) <laughs> you know, a big sign and say, hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. Um, but yeah, I think people should be open to their, you know, to live the life that they want to live and express themselves the way that and or love the people that they want to love. Do you have any advice for for anyone that may be discovering their their journey or maybe struggling in terms of wanting to tell people um, or trying to navigate their, you know, that part of their life?
1: Find somebody who you trust the most. Who you think that you can tell your deepest, darkest secret to, um, and then tell them, and then you've told at least somebody, um, and then they can give you confidence because it's kind of like once, like, when you're keeping it to yourself, you feel like so claustrophobic almost that you're like keeping this secret, I guess, um, about your own life, like, it's becomes so suffocating sometimes so if you actually like tell someone who you trust the most and then I guess you'll actually know if they're a really good person in your life and um so they'll be there supporting you if they are that person and if they're not then they probably shouldn't be in your life anyway
0: yeah no that's great advice um yeah friends telling people like I um uh, I remember when I was younger and I actually started in, I guess it was like a boys group, you know, like it, it was like a, you know, we would just meet up and it was like all, all, all good mates. And like I remember this one time was like this guy just, he was like, I struggle with, he's like, I struggle with watching porn and like masturbation, you know, like, and, and everyone was like, whoa like he just went there like like because it was quite light stuff like like we were like Mm -hmm. oh you know like how's your day oh yeah works tricky blah blah and we'd go around (laughs) circle and like say stuff and then he was just like bang (laughs) and everyone was like whoa but like for him to to share that that then like opened the door for everyone else and it turned out pretty much every dude that was like a teenager in the group was like feeling the same way they're like i struggle with that too or you know i have a girlfriend this and you know i can't you know blah 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 makes me feel like this and that and like all of a sudden we, you know, we got way closer as mates because we were all, I guess, being more honest, but it took that one person to, to take that step first. first. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of, yeah, like, like reminds me of that, like, you know, that advice that you just gave, like, if you just, you know, be honest with someone, you know, that can kind of open the door to, you know, even freeing you, but then also, you know, like, like letting your friends input into your life as well.
1: Yeah, because they could take that confidence from you. They're like, "Wow, they're so brave of sharing this thing about themselves. Maybe I can like find the confidence to share something about me if they're holding on to something."
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's kind of like that team sport thing that they were talking, you know, that we were talking about before. Um, mm-hmm. I want to um, jump into these last three questions. Don't want to keep you for too long. Um, the first question is. Um, so these questions are based on self-development, like I'm super passionate about it. I read heaps of books around self-development and I love quotes and I love, you know, pushing yourself and motivation and, and, and that whole topic of just getting better, which is a big reason why I started this podcast. Um, so I have three questions that I want to ask you just wrapping up. Uh, the first one is, is there something you do every day to make yourself better or help you become a better person?
1: Um, That is a difficult question because I don't have like a certain routine or anything that I do every single day, but um, once in a while I kind of just look back on what I have like done during my life and what I can do um, in the future, like certain things like cricket wise and also like studying wise, um, that sort of thing, and like where... I first started and actually where I am now um, in regards to those type of things. So I, I do that a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say I do it every single day because it's probably like the same kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, but definitely like, I don't know, like once a month, once, a, once every couple of months, uh, have a look back. and Wow. Like, cause I, I do write a lot of notes down of like um, my gym programs, like my cricket life um and so I just have a look back of like a few months ago like what I've done like wow like like, this is where I am now so um I do write a lot of notes maybe that's something that I do but not every day but most of most days I write notes um but yeah so I can look back on what I'd done before and then can see like changes in where I am
0: And do you find that the things that you look back at are things that you're doing or have already done?
1: Yeah, so mainly it's, like, I guess, gym programs. So, like, what my PB was then, and I was so stoked with that, and, like, what my PB is now. (laughs) And I'm even, like, more happy with that. And now I can make another goal and be, like, I want to get to here by by this time. And then when I look back on that, I'm going to be like, wow, that was so low, like, can't believe that was so good for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's important to do that every now and then, like look back and actually see what you've achieved. And then you can use that, I guess, willpower that you get. Or, motivation. Yeah, motivation from what you previously achieved to fuel what you need to achieve next. And it kind of creates the cycle. I've talked about this before, but like there's like a cycle of motivation that's like you get results and then you get motivation, and then that turns into action. Sorry, starts with action, and then that leads to results, and then it goes to motivation, and it kind of just goes around like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to take action first and get the results, which is what you're kind of looking back at. Like, this is what I need to do. Then you do it, you look back, you see the results, and then that motivates you, and you kind of keep using that as a, like, a willpower circle, that like kind of, you mm-hmm. know, I guess like a mm-hmm. turbine or like a fan to propel you into the future. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, The second question is, is there someone that you can credit or that helps you become a better person or, you know, someone you follow or a parent or a friend or a family member or just anyone, maybe a book you read, um, you know, an author. Is there anyone that you would give you credit to to creating who you are?
1: Um, As an all-round person, There's probably not one single person. Um, There's probably a lot of people, people in my family, my mum, my sister, my brother. um, They've kind of made me into the person I am, like personally. Mm. Um, But cricket-wise, probably the person who I live with. Um, Susie Bates, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me mentioning in, <laughs> her name, but, Name's um, up. when I go and um, <laughs> when I go to Otago and I, I'm there for about three or four months a year, um, in New Zealand, I stay with her and she's like a legend of New Zealand cricket. Like she's the goat of New Zealand cricket. And so she helps me a lot. Um, we, we train together, we do everything together. We, um, yeah she drags me down to the track to do all of our sessions together. She drags me to the nets to do all our training cricket wise um so her um definitely through cricket and basically like just the person that she is like she's every session she just um lifts the energy of the group so um yeah, by the time I'm finished cricket, I wanna be like a quarter of what she is. <laughs>
0: Susie Bates. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's um, amazing. Uh,
0: and, the, and the last question is, is there a quote that you that you lean on or that helps you become a better person?
1: Um, There's probably just... So the one that I relate to cricket the most was um, one of my coaches when I played in my first ever tournament. She mentioned to me, she said, always play the highest level that you can so you can learn off all the people around you. Even if you're not playing in the actual playing 11, even if you're just sitting around them, you can always learn so much. And the other one was um, always be happy with what you're doing because if you're not happy, then you're not going to be doing the best job.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of quotes. And that higher level one, I'm, I'm super into that as well. Um, you know, that can come down to, you know, even applying that to your friends and your circle, you know, not saying that you only need to hang around with high achievers, but it definitely does, I guess, lift your perspective and lift your energy when you hang around people that would be above you in, in any area that you want to be. Um, that's one thing I, I, I definitely did growing up, like hanging out with, I think I just Real gravitated Netflix. to one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's why I was a ball boy <laughs> I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there one day yeah. uh, like I, I, I guess I just gravitated towards like older people and just having like I guess more of a mature mindset and I think that helped me grow up as a as a kid faster especially losing my mum at a young age um, that really helped me yeah grow up and kind of look at life for like what it is and like be inspired to kind of I guess, because I had to grow up quickly, being surrounded by people that were older helped me, I guess, get better in a lot of areas that I needed to, um, to, to kind of get by. And also, on a sporting level, I actually, so I used to play touch rugby at a representative level um, back in Christchurch. So I played for Canterbury. I actually got asked to play for New Zealand, but I couldn't afford it at the time. So I was <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I was like, Dad. <laughs> I was like, Dad, do we have any money? Can, can I play for New Zealand? And he's like, No. Nah. I was like, Oh, okay then. Because um, yeah, anyway, having like three and a half grand at a young age, I think I was like sixteen, was like not not existing. I looked in my bank. I was like, I don't have three thousand um, dollars. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like that was my favorite sport growing up. Like that was, I guess, my cricket. Um, but yeah, so I, I uh, the under-19s team, they asked me to play or even, yeah, under-19s for touch rugby or I could, you know, where I would, I guess, be the in the middle where all the action is, the, the captain or, you know, like pretty, you know, in a, in a good position or I could play for the men's. Um, and they were like 35 to 25, you know, all like, like, well, yeah, it was like the best team. Like the New Zealand captain, Nazer, was the captain of the Canterbury team. So I was like, well, I'll just play for them and then I'll get way better. Like I was on the wing, so I yeah. wasn't getting much ball time or, you know, starting most games. But I was around like the world's best players. I was around like Scotty Grant, who, if you know touch, he invented shuts and corners. And I was like, man. This is absolutely awesome. So I played for them. You know, we went on tournament and deal with stuff. And then I came back to play in my age group, and I was just like smashing because it's just completely different. So that quote's like so true. Like, um, did you have that in cricket? Like a time where you played for a higher team and then came back down and realized the difference, or an opportunity to play for a higher team?
1: Yeah, like definitely growing up. I think I might have been about fifteen, and I got asked to go to. It was called a um Canterbury development team which is basically like under 23s and um so I went away with them so I had the choice to either go to like an under 17 secondary school tournament or go on the development tournament and I was like oh well if I'm like looking back to what my young my coach said to me when I was younger I should go on the on the older one so I went back and played for them and like even though I was probably batting number 11 and probably bowling like a couple of overs per game and just standing out on the field for the <laughs> rest of the day like <laughs> I, you actually learn so much and like even like if you have like a certain quality of like bowling or you have a certain quality of like players you're instantly going to, to like, improve your game so much more especially in like fence um because they were bowling a little bit better and then just just the people around you like because they are going to be better than you it just motivates you to get on the same level as them so once you go down a level again then you're just like wow, wow this is what they did here like I did all of this awesome stuff there and now I'm just like back down doing this Basic thing that I'm already nailing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, though. Like you know,
0: it's, it's like you go, like, complete the test that you're studying for, and then you know all the answers. You're like, oh, I already know how to do all this stuff. It just makes you a yeah. cut above the rest. So, so I guess to wrap up the podcast, what's next for you? You said you're gearing up for for the Commonwealth Games.
1: Yeah. So I've got, I think I've got two weeks of leave left, and then head back over to to New Zealand in the start of June for um, a training camp. And then uh, I think we've got like two within 10 days, so I'll probably stay over there um, for a few weeks. Then I might come back to Canberra and then um, for a couple of weeks and head back over. The Commonwealth Games are in Birmingham in England. So it's the first time that cricket's ever been in the Commonwealth Games. So um,
0: we're all very excited for that sorry i missed it i missed it the computer's shitting itself he's like hurry up and get off Rob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so crickets it's the first time that it's going to be in the commonwealth game so um we're all excited for this new opportunity
0: i got that so first time first time it's it's going to be in the commonwealth games you're pausing out a bit um, so I think <laughs> I'll try, <laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up. Your computer's not liking me. It's, uh, shitting itself. So I'll wrap it up. I'll now say. Yeah, <laughs> you're cutting up. For this. Yeah. <laughs> the time limits up. I guess I'll, um, yeah, we'll wrap it there, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, we tried to do this face to face. So hopefully next time you're in Sydney, we can get it actually and sit down in a room where we don't have any breaks. Uh, and I'm cutting out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I appreciate your time. I know your
1: Wi-Fi issues.
0: Yeah, I know you're a busy lady and you um, you got a lot to do. So I I appreciate your time and wish you nothing but the best uh, at the Commonwealth Games. I'll be watching. I'll be so post on your stories or post please so I can watch. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: <laughs> Thanks for
0: having yeah. me on. Nah, no worries. Thank hope you so you, much. Hope
1: you hope you're back. It's better, by the way.
0: Yeah, it's terrible, man. It's it's actually just sore sitting here. To be honest, it's it's. good. Oh, no sorry. no, like <laughs> yeah. nah, like I can't like so putting my arm up hurts like this. It's it's really weird. So yeah, I'm seeing a physio tonight. So hopefully it gets better. Because it sucks. Right. Yeah. All right then. Well, thank you so much, and yeah, I'll 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 talk to you again soon.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: See ya. Bye.
1: See you. bye.